I wonder if we could turn in our Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And we're going to read from verse uh, 37 of the portion of Scripture. John's Gospel, chapter 1, and beginning our reading at verse 37. John, chapter 1, and verse 37. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which has been interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is being uh, by interpretation a uh, stone. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word to our hearts for his name's sake. Let's just unite in a word of prayer afresh. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we approach thee in our Saviour's name. and We thank thee for the calling of Andrew and Peter to thyself. We thank thee that thou dost draw them out from among the ordinary things of life. And we thank thee that we're saved by the grace of God. And what a transformation was made in their lives. And we thank thee for the transformation that takes place in the lives of each one that are saved by thy grace. And we'd ask thee, Lord, today that thou wouldst teach us even from the life of Peter that is before us. We pray that we might uh, be those that follow Peter in the things that are good, and Lord, that we might shun the things that are not so good. We pray, our God, that thy hand would be upon us, and that thou wouldst bless us abundantly as we come to thy word today, for it's in Jesus' precious name that we ask these things. Amen. Amen. The New Testament gives a more complete picture of Simon Peter than any other of the disciples, with the exception of the Apostle Paul. Simon Peter is a very remarkable man. He is a unique character in many ways. If you were to go through the lists of the apostles that are given to us in the Word of God and in the Gospels, you'll find that the name of Simon Peter, or Peter as he comes to be known, is at the top of every list. Now, the lists sort of differ in their order in some ways. There are men who have two different names, and in some lists they're given by one name, and in other lists they're given by another name. But with all of the differences, you'll find that always in the lists there is Simon Peter, or Peter always stands first. And Peter is counted as the foremost of the apostles. Now, he's not foremost in terms of authority. He has no more authority than any of the other of the apostles. Yet, we find that Simon Peter always seems to 
be taking the initiative. He's the one that goes before. He has a, a sense of that fact that he is bold, he is brash, he will go forward when others are not going forward. And we think of the uh, contradictions that there seem to be in the life of this man, Simon Peter. Nobody speaks more than Peter, but nobody has spoken to the Lord more than Peter. No disciple is reproved by the Lord more than Peter, and no other disciples takes on him to reprove the Lord but Peter. No disciple so boldly confessed the Lord Jesus Christ or acknowledged his lordship the way that Peter did, but no one boldly denied the Lord the way that Peter did. No one is more praised and blessed by the Lord than Peter, and no one else is called Satan but Peter. And you think of how the, uh, the, the, the Lord had harder things to say about Peter than he had to say about anyone else. And yet, that seems to be part of the making of the man. And it seems to be part of the reason why this man is put in the foremost position that he is. You'd wonder how the Lord would take somebody uh, with such failures as Peter had and place him uh, in the foremost there as he preached the gospel to the Jews and to the Gentiles and was the first to take the initiative in doing that. And you wonder how the Lord could take somebody like that. And yet I think that's the point. You know, when we look at Peter, you know, he has Simon, the original name that he has, his given name, is a common name uh, at that day and generation. We find that he is a fisherman, which is a common uh, kind of occupation. We are told his marital status. He's a married man because the Lord uh, was able to heal his wife's mother. So he is a man with a common name, a man with a common job, a man with a common marital status. And yet the Lord takes this common man, we might say, and the Lord uses him for his honor and for his glory. He takes the contradictory character of this man, and we think of our own contradictory character in many ways, and we think of how the Lord uses this man and works in his heart. And for a few weeks, we want to just look at the life of the Apostle Peter in the ups and downs of his life. But what I want us to do today is think about Peter rising. We're going to think about Peter as he uh, comes and the Lord takes hold of him and how he meets the Lord Jesus and how he is uh, molded by the Lord Jesus and how the Lord fashions him into what he wants him to be. And here's a man who is born in sin and shaped in iniquity. He is born the same way as every one of us, and yet the spotlight of God is upon him. And we want to think about how the Lord takes this man and molds him into what he wants him to be. And of course, as we look at him, we want to take the good things, we want to be warned about the bad things in his life. But I want you to see the initial transformation that takes place as the Lord takes this man from the guttermost and places him 
into the kingdom of God. So we're going to look at Peter here in his early career. And first of all, then I want you to see him saved by Christ. Look at uh, John chapter 1 and look at verses 40 to 42 there. It says, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And you think about Andrew here, and Andrew is a disciple or a follower of uh, uh, the John the Baptist. And one day the Lord Jesus went down to the riverside where John was baptizing. And you remember how John the Baptist pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And we read that uh, Andrew and some of the other disciples then followed the Lord Jesus, and they spent time with the Lord Jesus. And the word followed there, it doesn't mean that he just followed him down the road. It doesn't mean that he just uh, uh, followed him uh, to see where he was going. The word followed there means that he became a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was as if Andrew here pledged allegiance to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, is saved. And then it says here that he first, verse 41, he first, this is Andrew, first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Now here is how Peter is brought to Christ. Here is Andrew, and he has been thrilled as he has met the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, we have found the Messiah. He knows that the one that he has found, the one who he is following now, indeed is the one that had been predicted in the word of God, the suffering servant, the one who had come, the blessed son of God, and Andrew says with a thrill in his heart, we have found the Messiah, which has been interpreted the Christ. I have found Christ. And he's a witness to his brother. And you know, you think of how many people have uh, been brought to Christ through the witness of a friend or a loved one. We think of how when we come to Christ, many a, ma- a woman has been brought through the witness of her husband or many a wife has, or many a husband has been brought through the witness of a wife. And what a wonderful thing when we come in contact with the Lord Jesus Christ, and when our sins are forgiven, we have that happiness in our souls and in our hearts. And we want to tell others about our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe you remember that child of God when you came at first to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You maybe went home and you said to your mother or father, said to your husband or wife or whoever it was, you said, I have found Jesus. I am saved by the grace of God. And you know, it's a thrilling thing to keep on in that spirit, to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ when we behold his beauty and when we behold what he is. And the uh, Simon Peter here is brought to know the Lord Jesus Christ as a saviour through the witness of his brother Andrew. And we think of how the Lord brought this man, Simon Peter himself. And then you see how his name is 
changed. Look at verse 42. And he brought him to Jesus. So there is Andrew. He brings his brother to Jesus. Isn't that what we need to do in prayer or physically? Bring our loved ones to the meetings. Bring them to the place where they'll hear the gospel. And it says here that he brought him to Jesus. And it says, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas. The word Cephas means a rock. And this is the man. He's going to be given a key role among the disciples in time to come. And we'll see what uh, the reference to a rock is. But he, he's going to be a rock. He's going to be a man of steadfastness. And he's going to be an instrument that God is going to use. But we see how Peter was brought to Christ. And then you'll see how that Peter was blessed by Christ. Because when Peter was brought to Christ, we read that he was received by Christ, and he received the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior. It says there in verse 12 of the portion of Scripture, it says that as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And thank God the Lord receives guilty sinners. Doesn't matter how religious you may be or what you have been in the past, the Lord Jesus Christ is able to receive. And he received Simon Peter. I wonder, has he received you? I wonder, has there been that time when you've been brought into the kingdom of God and you've been ushered into the family of God, you've been adopted into that family because you've repented of your sins. Billy Bray was an eccentric preacher from Cornwall in a day gone by, and he belonged to a church where the Reverend Haslam, or Mr. Haslam, was the preacher, and the preacher had been a, a minister there for 25 years. And Billy Bray was in the uh, congregation one day. And as the minister was preaching on the word of God, Billy Bray detected that there'd been a change in the heart of the man. Because as the minister had been preaching the word and he'd been preaching for 25 years, suddenly the truth of the gospel got through. And he realized that he, uh, although he was a preacher of the gospel, had never received Christ. And at that moment, the man uh, received the Lord as his Savior right there in the middle of the meeting as he was preaching. And Billy Bray, as he was wont to do, cried out, Glory to God! The Parsons got converted. The Parsons got converted. And Mr. Haslam uh, agreed. He said to him, Yes, I've been the minister here 25 years, but I've never received Christ as my Savior. But now you have a new person. You have a new minister. And dear friend, it doesn't matter about your religion or what church you belong to. It matters whether you're saved by the grace of God. We think of Dr. Thomas Chalmers of Dalmeny in Scotland. And he had come out. He was a brilliant man. And he came out. He had been uh, seven years preached actually with tremendous power for seven years. Uh, speak spoke about the agony of the soul and so on, but he'd never been saved. And then on a, or on, a, on a sick bed, he realized that he'd never been converted, and he got right with God. 
and the peace of God came into his life. And no longer was he just preaching terror and conviction, but peace in his life. And I'm glad today that the Lord Jesus Christ is able to give you peace. He's able to give you that peace of God that passeth all understanding. I was speaking on something along this lines on Friday at the home, and I was talking to some folks afterwards that wanted to talk to me about the fact that they had no peace and there was a lack of peace. But we thank God that there is peace in believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. We see how Peter was brought to Christ and how he was blessed by Christ. And then look at how he beheld Christ. Look at verse 42. Uh, and he, it says, And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, the Lord beheld him. And that means that there was a steady gaze. There was a look of love. And the Lord looked upon this man, not in wrath now, but in mercy. Not, not uh, because he was uh, a wicked sinner, and he was a wicked sinner, but now because he was received of Christ, he had the smile of God upon him. What a wonderful thing to have the smile of God. The Bible says the eye of the Lord is over his, the righteous and his ear is open unto their cry. But here is a man who is saved by Christ. But then I want you to turn to the second occasion that the Lord met Peter. Turn back with me to uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. And I want you to look at verses 18 and 19. Now, if the first uh, look that we have of Peter is of him being saved by Christ, this is him serving Christ. Matthew chapter 4, and look at verses 18 and 19. It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now here is the call to service. He had become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was saved. He acknowledged the Lord, Je or the Lord Jesus as Christ, as the Messiah. Uh, but now, here he is. He'd gone back to his fishing. He'd gone back to his fishing, but now the Lord Jesus comes one day when he's out fishing, or when, at least when he is mending the nets, and the Lord says, follow me, follow me. And now, while he'd been saved, he is responding to active service. And notice his condition when he was called. You'll find here, that he was casting a net into the sea. In other words, he was busy. He was already active. And you know, sometimes people get the notion that they will sit about and wait for God's call. Or maybe you think, well, uh, the, I have a, a desire to be a missionary. I have a desire to be a Sunday school teacher. Or I have a desire to be a worker in the children's meeting. And well, if that's going to be well, I will, uh, somebody will come and call upon me, and uh, that will be the sign that I need to do the thing. Well, no, the Lord wants those that are active, those that are busy, 
The Lord calls, calls busy people uh, to work for him. And what you need to do is do what you can. You can go out and speak to your loved ones, or you can invite them to the meeting, or you can uh, be in the prayer meeting and you can be a prayer warrior for the Lord Jesus Christ. But be busy, be busy, be active in the things of God. And then be willing, because you'll see that Simon Peter here is willing, because when the Lord says, follow me, in verse 19, it says in verse 20, and they straightway left their nets and followed him. Now, that's a big thing. This was their livelihood. This is how they made their money. This is how they put bread on the table. But there's no uh, debate about it. There's no thought about uh, what are we going to do uh, or how are we going to get rid of the nets or what uh, is going to be the arrangements that we're going to follow. No, it, it, we find that they're willing we think of what David said. He said, I had made haste to keep thy commandments. And how we need to be immediate and hasty and willing in our desire for the servants for God. We notice the condition when he was called here, his condition. But look at his provision when he was called. Because the Lord said, I, I, I will equip you. Now, the Lord was going to, you know what he said in verse 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, fishers of men is a big thing. You, you think of the hearts of people. Just think of the people that you know. And when you go out to witness to them about the things of God, very often they don't want to hear. Very often they have another idea about what they're going to do with their lives or how they're going to spend their lives. So this is not an easy thing to be a fisher of men. But you notice the words, what the Lord said, I will make you. He doesn't say, follow me and be fishers of men. He says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And that's an important thing because whom the Lord calls, he equips. He will give us the ability. He will give us the words. He will give us the uh, wherewithal to be able to do this. He will give us the equipment that we need if we're to do this. And a fisherman, of course, needs to know what he is doing. He needs to know where to go and what to do. And he needs to know the correct conditions and what is to be um, uh, entered into and where the fish are and the lie of the land and all of the rest of it. And he needs wisdom and he needs understanding and he needs to know where to land the hook and he needs to know how to not chase the fish away. And we need to do all of those things. We need to have wisdom about uh, landing the hook and not driving the fish away. And it's the same. But the Lord says, I will make you. And it's a matter of believing God. It's a matter of putting our trust in God, that if God has called us, and he has, to go into all the world and preach the gospel, then he's going to give us the wherewithal to do it. And we think here of the uh, way that Peter is saved by Christ, and then he is serving Christ. But one more thing I want you to see, and this is really the pinnacle of his maturity. We're talking about 
Peter rising here, Peter on the way up. And this is his steadfastness to Christ. Turn now to John's Gospel. Turn over to John chapter 6 and look at verses uh, 68 and 69. John's Gospel chapter 6, look at verses 68 and 69. It says, Then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Now, the uh, circumstance or the context of this is that the Lord Jesus had spoken a word that the people found it hard to accept. It was a hard word, they said, and there were many at that time that went away. There were many who went back. There were many who said, well, we can't follow the Lord any longer. And we live in a day when something similar is taking place in many churches right across the world, or at least anyway in America and in Europe. There are many people who are going back. There are many who seem to be offended and don't seem to want to be able to stand for the Lord Jesus. And you notice the words of the Lord in verse 67. It says, Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? After all of the people, it speaks of the multitude here, and they were departing from the Lord. And the Lord says to his disciples, Will ye also go away? And by what a poignant thing that was, that they were saying, Will ye also go away? But we think of the words here. It says, in then Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And you know, here is this man, and he's saying, who else can we go to? Where else can we go? The Lord himself is the words of eternal life. And I want you to see the certainty he professed. He says, um, this is the Son of God. We think of how the Lord Jesus here is uh, in the midst. He's bringing the Word of God. And there is a challenge in what has been said. We think of how the Lord had said to them, Except ye uh, eat my flesh and drink my blood, ye have no life in you. Verse 53 there of John chapter 6. And this was a hard saying, and the, the, the people couldn't understand it. And they're going away. They're saying, well, we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't do this. We, we are not able to uh, hold on to the word of God. And you know, as we say today, there are many people who are doing the same. We, we, the, the word of God is too hard. When it speaks about the... Um, the marriage and when it speaks about the Lord's day and when it brings the demands of God, uh, uh, these things maybe you're saying they're too hard. They're not in the fashion. The fashions have gone away from these things uh, and the world has departed from the word of God. And many people are saying, well, it's too hard. What did Peter say? To whom can we go? He said, I'm not going anywhere. I, the Lord said, 
Will ye also go away? And Peter is really saying, no, Lord, I'm not going away. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to stand steadfast. And, and you know, Peter, you know how later on he failed. And he really wasn't as steadfast as he thought he would be. And it's the same with all of us. Sometimes we're not as steadfast as we think that we should be or could be. But are we saying within our hearts, I'm going nowhere. Where you lead me, I will follow. Where you bring me, I will go. What you want me to do, I will do. Where you want me to stand, I will stand. No matter about the world and about the pressures and about the fact that many are going away, about the fact that many are leaving the Lord Jesus behind, are you going to say, I'm going to stand, I'm going to be faithful, I'm not going to let the Lord down? Are you going to be like Peter? Because what does Peter say? To whom can we go? Where else are you going to go? Are you going to go to the world? Are you going to go to the world's standards and how silly they are and stupid they are? Are we going to follow the world as the Church of England seems to be doing and just bowing to the politically correct agenda of the day? Are we going to do that and leave behind the truth of God when the Bible stands like a rock undaunted mid the raging storms of time? This Bible still stands and all of the philosophies of men have gone and come. We are in postmodernism now. I don't know whether we're past postmodernism. But then there was modernism, and then there was the Enlightenment, and then there was the, the Puritans, and we go back and back, and there's all the philosophies of men, but the Bible is still here. Because why? Because the Bible is truth. Because the Word of God is true, and the Savior is true. And we say, like Peter, to whom shall we go? And there really is the height of Peter's maturity when he says, I'm going nowhere. I'm going to stand with the Lord Jesus Christ. And may that be the call of all of our hearts, the siren call of every one of our, our, our lives. I'm standing with Christ. Whatever the world may do, and no matter what they may say, or what uh, machinations they may enter into against us, I can say, to whom shall we go? Because thou hast the words of eternal life. And the Lord has the words of eternal life. And there's nowhere else to go. So we stand where we are. As God's people, may we be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. May God write his word upon our hearts for his name's sake. Let's just bow in a word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we do thank thee for thy precious word today. And we thank thee for the way that Simon Peter was saved and how he served and then how he was steadfast. And we thank thee, Lord, for his willingness to go through with God. And we pray that we might be willing to go through with God. Give us that stickability, that desire, no matter what people may say or the world says, 
I'm going through with God. We pray that thy word might be written upon our hearts for thy name's sake. Amen. Amen. Um, we'll um, turn to the last hymn there on the board, 339. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Day I will never forget after I wandered in darkness away. Jesus, my Savior, I met. We, we do serve a wonderful Savior. And may we uh, stick by the Lord in all that we do. We'll sing verses 1 and 2 of the hymn. And we'll stand as we sing. Gracious Father, we do thank Thee for the time in the lives of so many here when heaven came down and glory filled our soul, when we were saved by the grace of God. We came like Peter did, and we thank Thee that we were received by Christ, and we received Christ. As many as received Him, to them give you the power to become the sons of God. We thank Thee for God's so great salvation May we serve thee steadfastly in these days, and we pray that we might go through with God in everything that we are and do in our lives. Part us in thy blessing, 
be with us throughout this day and pour out thy spirit upon us. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. Amen.